This is Twitter Chillers with Andy Rooney. What are you doing? There's a murderer inside. <laughs> and that's another Twitter chiller. Locally made here in the San Francisco Bay Area. Locally made here in San Francisco Bay Area for your pleasure. Locally made in the San Francisco Bay Area for your pleasure. It's November 20th, 2013. This is Idle Thumbs 133. I'm Chris Remo. I'm I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake. (laughs) Are you? I'm Jake Rodkin. (laughs) And we're joined today by our old friend and yours, Steve Hot Scoops Gainer. Hi. Hey, Steve. Hey. I'm glad to be back on a cast. It's been, what, literally? It's been been years It's been like a week since you were last on an Idle Thumbs podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you mean an Idle Thumbs podcast network network podcast? Yes. 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 I'm referring, of course, to the excellent show, Tone Control, Conversations with Game Developers. I think video game developers, but... Way better. (laughs) Way better. I just wanted to make it as good as possible for you. Thanks. Jake. (laughs) With the addition of the word video games. Rodkin. There you go. There it is. The first uh, episode was that. That's true. Video I, conversation with video games. Uh, yeah, I I uh, I do that. that I do that podcast now. Uh, tongue and turtle is yeah. Uh, I I go around and interview. I just thought you said tongue and turtle. Tongue and turtle <laughs> is this awful that shop <laughs> that I hate. <laughs> that's in San Francisco. Oh that, no, that's actually, that t- actually oh tongue plus turtle. No, yeah. you're actually oh, thinking of turtle t- and tongs. <laughs> which, <laughs> Also, the logo is just a fucking X that has some symbols and letters inside of it yeah. and then says Turtle mm. and Tongs, established 2013. And and what they sell is just flannel shirts. Yeah. Because <laughs> fuck you. Um, yeah, Turtlenecks. T- tone control. Uh, I, I talk to game developers that have made cool games that I like. And yeah, I talked to you guys on the first one. I talked to uh, Neil Druckmann from The Last of Us. And I talked to Craig Hubbard, who was the writer and likely designer of No One Lives Forever and Fear. And that was the one that went up like yeah. a week ago. But you're now going to spoil like the next three. Well, they're on they're, they're on idlethumbs.net slash tone control <laughs> hashtag schedule already. So they've been <laughs> they've been spoiled, fully spoiled. Next time, Clint fucking Hawking, oh, the Far shit. Cry Two. I did. I finally did it. I finally did it for Idle Thumbs. I knew what I had. I had no choice. Clint really, Hawking appears on idlethumbs.net <laughs> after all these years. After all those attempts, after all those hours, We're actually just five years splice. after we started talking about Far Cry 2, <laughs> never stopped. Finally convinced him. He was like, oh, this is pretty good, actually. Okay. But also, I'm going to go find one of the old episodes of the Idle Thumbs podcast where you jump the gun and announce what the episode is and splice us. So you're going to say, it's Idle Thumbs and I'm Steve Gaynor. And we're here with Clint Hawking, and then I'm just going to release it on the Idle Thumbs feed and not release it as a tone control episode. So <laughs> that sounds complicated. I don't understand. I'm just going to about. steal Steve's Clint Hawking content and put it out as an Idle oh, Thumbs. That episode. sounds like a good. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, that, sounds, that sounds good to me. Look yeah, for yeah, Idle Thumbs 134. 
the talking of Hawking <laughs> with with just me and Clint and none of you guys. Yeah. It'll be a great Idle Thumbs podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like it'd be good. I'd listen to it. You will. Maybe. <laughs> also, as of last month, we've been doing this podcast for five years. Minus like two years. Minus the two years we've been doing podcast. Yeah. podcast. So it's our, it's our three-year anniversary of Idle Thumbs. Five mm-hmm. calendar years. Mm-hmm, yeah. 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 Let's say that's all that matters. We just, we just missed a few weeks here and there. But I mean, yeah. you know, five years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We just missed... 104 weeks, (laughs) give or take 30 weeks. That's some. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everyone. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it was... When... So, yeah, five years ago, that was, like, what, 2008? October 2008. Yeah, Yeah. October 2008. Yeah. Yeah. That has actually been a long time now that you mention it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's it's really weird to think about. Yeah. Mm. Well, because when I first came on here, I was like, we were in the first few months of development on Bioshock 2, and now yeah, and everything were... since then has happened in that span. If you listen to your to voice about... right now, like this just broken husk, like this withered old man, and then listen <laughs> to you being like, zingle dingle dingle like the, or the, first, the first Steve Gaynor appearance where you're the most boisterous, young, just like energetic child man. <laughs> Is that how you would characterize me, Jay? I, would... I think it's how we'd characterize you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Glad to be back. <laughs> Glad to have you back. You fucks. <laughs> you know what they say? Fuck Steve. Oh. Oh, that's what they say. That is yeah. a classic catchphrase from mm. Idle Thumbs, a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what's a game? We don't know. I don't know. Well, Nick started playing at the PlayStation 4. Oh, he yeah. bought a PlayStation 4. And God, I saw that. <laughs> Nick started... Well, what's a game? Nick started playing the PlayStation 4. Well, some places reviewed it like a game. Yeah. They got it, it a it game. It scores super like a game. Now. Really? Yeah. It's like, it seems like it is. What score would you give the PlayStation 4? I don't know. Four. Yes. PlayStations. I would give it four PlayStations. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Over time, it might turn into the PlayStation 5, but the PlayStation 3 might still turn into the PlayStation 4 next year or the year after next for all yeah, we know. Yeah, tw- so. 2015, uh, yeah. year of the PS3. That's true. What do you mean turn it's still, into? It's still, it's, I don't know what he meant by that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could supplant the PS4 as the leading PlayStation. Oh, you mean in 2015, once developers learn how to fully unlock the potential of the PS3. Yeah, when the cell processor is fully yeah. un- unlocked in, yeah. in 2015. Now, that I does see. make sense. Okay. And you harness the true power of that hardware... Um. Yeah, someone will cry. Yeah. yeah. What are you doing with your PS4? I turned it on. <laughs> you played Killzone. You played. I did. NBA I played Killzone. Is it Killzone yeah. Four? It's Killzone Three, I think. Killzone. I don't know what. Eh. I thought Killzone. 3 oh wait, Killzone, oh, Killzone oh, Shadow Shadow Fall. Shadow Fall. Sept. Oh yeah, maybe there's like a four. <laughs> Pun. Pun. There's not. It's just Kizzle mm-hmm. Shadowfall. It seemed pretty dumb to me, to be honest. Yeah. Did that surprise you? Surprise! Chris not impressed with fourth Killzone game. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, what? I mean, what did you think? What nah, do you think? It, was, it was just a game. Yeah. I don't know. It's 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 not a great game. I uh, I haven't played a good game on PS4 yet. I thought, you got, I, yeah, I, thought I thought you, thought you loved that NBA. 14. I thought it was oh, yeah. about basketball. I yeah. thought you loved LeBron. I do. It looks better on that system than, than your PC. 
There's nothing to say. It's, it's the same thing happening that always happens where everyone just looks slightly meatier than they did on the previous issue yeah. in a way that doesn't actually slightly look real because you're used, yeah. to, you're used to the like the new bulk of the musculature of how a leg gets rendered at the like the poly count of the other systems. So now everyone just yeah. looks a little bit more like they're made of tubes. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> that <laughs> fucking happened. They added more tubes. PS1 to like PS2 GameCube. That yeah. happened again to PS3. It's just, no, it's very, just, very like, similar. Just like you just have more mass right. to you, but it doesn't right. look more real. It just looks yeah. more like, like there's just con- more skin. More stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's really weird. No, it is more weird. They added another layer yeah. of uh, of the onion. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. It does happen a it lot. Just, it always looks They like- also broke the game uh, because they added like a thousand physics simulations, but it just means that you can knock the ball around like a fucking monkey. And it just <laughs> goes everywhere because the ball is now simulated independently of all the players because they just have the power to do that. So like... But it just breaks the so, game. Like, because so you can somebody just, tries to like catch a pass and it just bounces off. Yeah, it just hands. goes off like like LeBron James, <laughs> like you know, fifty million dollar player or whatever, just throws a ball and it bounces off some guy's head and goes ricocheting <laughs> off into the stands. That's it's amazing. Just, it's just like what? Yeah, that, that sounds, sounds like they're having a good time with this. Someone PS4. mandated like, yeah. well, we've got to do that full physical yeah. simulation. We've this got happened, the yeah. power to do that. Like, I don't mm. know if we need to do that. That's yeah. not really how. Like yep. the experience of playing basketball feels really necessarily. It's almost but. 2015. We have to unlock the power of the cell. <laughs> Wait, this is it's for PS4. Good. There's no cell in there. Yeah. Fucking do it anyway. I don't care. Make that ball yeah. go crazy. Yeah. I want to see that ball everywhere. <laughs> now, I just, now I want to get to know this character. <laughs> I want to see that ball everywhere. <laughs> what? <laughs> you heard me. And he just storms out. More balls. <laughs> Why did you throw another ball in there? How many unique surfaces can this ball bounce off of in three seconds on the PS4? That's not how he measures. Put a light source in that ball. <laughs> do it. Put a light source in do that it. ball. That ball is also Fox Sports from 1993 signed this ball. This ball has to have a pink glow and it moves past a certain. Speed. I want shadows cast away all the balls. Just make it happen. What are you talking about now, Nick? Well, I, well, computers. The, the guy that Nick is playing has mandated their multiple balls on the court. Right. All it's of them are a pinball mini- game. Where you it's get just an Nvidia demo. Can we replace this basketball with a chrome sphere? Can we replace the court with at least six checkerboards? Keep the players looking like weird kids that are wrapped in too many sweaters. Do it. I want to see that skin and fabric simulated on that chrome checkerboard. Oh, oh, gross. God. Yeah, <laughs> I want the sweat dripping off onto this, these chrome surfaces. This, this, this oh my god, that's it! Stitched oh, out of human the, skin. NBA 2K15 oh no. year of the PS3. No, the sweat, the, the sweat is, is refracting. The sweat is actually doing all of the images. NBA. Yeah. So, oh, but yeah, sweat tech is very important for the PS4. How close can you Kill get to the sweat? And NBA, both sweaty faces. Can you get close enough that the camera slows down and you hear like a, like. Uh, like a squishy, like no, it's not these, slow no, motion sweat no, no, no. drop noise. Slow That's motion, what I want. Slow motion near the sweat does not make the squish. Slow motion, slow motion near, near, the, near sweat. the sweat makes the sound of like a sword that is bre- like oh, is, is ringing. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the sound of being yeah. close to a guy's sweat, where you see, <laughs> yeah. but inside the sweat, you see the other guy running up to him, and then he goes <laughs> <laughs> and ramps out of it as he smacks the ball out of his hand. That's the sound and the ball of goes fucking being, flying all over the place. That's the sound of being close to a guy's sweat. I took a picture that I'm now showing everyone that Michael Jordan's tongue sticks out. When he dunks, <laughs> Jake is flopping Jake is around. Holy shit! <laughs> no, I could have. I took an even closer one where the sweat is even more pronounced. But yeah, his tongue sticks feet. out. But his tongue is like low resolution tongue, and everything else is like super defined. Oh god, it's so good. <laughs> we might have two basketball episode arts in a row. <laughs> I know what you've happen. done. Yeah, I am looking at Michael Jordan's a, computer can tongue. You take a yeah, bigger picture of this so we can use it as the episode. Oh yeah, no, I'll get. A, I'll get. I'll get the sweat. <laughs> it's already high on the. It's done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, man, so, so yeah, it sounds like a satisfying purchasing decision. It sounds yeah. like you made the right choice. Uh huh. We're having a lot of fun. I loaded here, it up. Anyway. It installed a patch. I downloaded another patch. It installed that patch. It made us have fun just now. <laughs> it's true. That's true. Seems like it worked to me. Yeah. Uh, that's not his tongue, that's his lower lip. On Nick's phone of this basketball video game. <laughs> oh, yeah, you just found the other one. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. so, Roundup. NBA <laughs> 2K14, worth buying a PS4 for. Oh, yeah. Killzone Shadow Fall with a 4 for an A. Mm. Less enthused. Yeah. But maybe for the sweat simulation. But there, and there's also there's, there's a guy. Both. They both have. They both checked. There's the sweat a guy box. that has like goggles. <laughs> they, did and both, shit. they both checked the sweat box. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, Steve? Oh, I don't know. Killzone. The only thing I know about Killzone is it has like yeah. guys that have like cloaks uh-huh. and also they have those like red, red face eyes. masks. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. at the same time. Kind yeah. Of. Well, but also they started having guys <laughs> that are like sniper dudes that have like flowing cloaks mm. so they can do cloth simulation. Right. It seems like. Yeah. They have a lot of light going on in that game so you like shoot those there guys there's some cool particle effects in there there were cool there were like cool. embers the, the lights there like, were, i don't know what they were they looked like morning yeah. it was like dust like yeah okay i mean i will i will speak seriously about the ps4 for five seconds i will say that it actually from a tech standpoint is impressive at times like yeah. the games the stuff that they're doing with it actually is impressive in a next gen way end cool. of my talk have you actually played multiplayer with people <clears throat> in nba 2k14 i haven't not yet <laughs> Have is you, that because you're the only one who actually followed through on getting garbage. it? Okay. Yes. Yeah, that's the situation the that I thought it was going to be was that everyone's like, we're doing it today. We're buying <laughs> PS4s and a copy of NBA 2K14. Right. Oh, I thought you said And then you, only Nick just like oh, no. jumped forward and then, re- <laughs> right. and then realized that he just yeah. paid $600 on the yeah. I thought you say it's because everybody played as the Heat. Like, just... <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, we can't all... Okay, well, I'll I, be red LeBron, you be here. blue. All right, look at here. We'll both change our teams right now. One, two... <laughs> and no, I thought you were, were yeah. going to change. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Uh, no. Actually, a lot of people at work did buy a PS4 and NBA. I think we're actually starting a league. It's weird. Anyway. Nice. People okay. bought the system. There are a million PS4s yeah, sold. Yeah, a lot of people are yeah. buying it. Yeah. Bounce your physics balls off their head. Mm, yeah, I will. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> That's next gen. <laughs> next gen multiplayer experience. Yeah. Next gen. Previously, you could just bounce non-existent balls off someone's head. Yeah. <laughs> In Halo, by hitting yeah. the crouch button. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was leaving, like, in no. the implicate. Well, Chris made a face like, what does he mean? <clears throat> I realized it as I was making <laughs> Yeah. It's fine. I don't <sighs> like it. Yeah. I don't know. There's not much else to say. It really does just feel like a, another console. Like, I mean, there's, there's, no, there's nothing notable about the menu. There's nothing notable about, like, the experience. Like, the store is the same. Everything's the same. I actually kind the of controller like, is different. Wait, there's the store touch. is the same? It's more or less the well, same. Well, that's a bad thing. It's better. It's slightly better. Okay. You can actually navigate it now. Okay. Somewhat. Because, yeah, the, uh, the PS3 store was just, like, yeah, unusable. Yeah. It's similar, but they it's snappier that now. They like, three times, and yeah. it never got good. Yeah. But it got different. I think it got, it it got less bad been. over the years, but it didn't become a thing you What wanted. never got less bad was literally every time I turned on my PS3, I had to download yeah. a patch, then install the patch, then restart my PS3, then the play something. That, to open the store, you had to do that. That's true. Uh, that was my experience with the PS4 in the first like, day, and that makes me nervous. I I'll, hope that yeah. there's an automatic patch. I'll be amazed. Thing, but, like, if... Because, yeah, the worst... Yeah. Probably the worst oh, thing yeah. about the user experience of yeah. the PS3 was, like... Literally had to download a system update every time I used mm-hmm. it, and it downloaded super slow and it installed super slow. Yeah. And then I installed my game, which was super slow. Then I could play it. And if they didn't fix that, yeah. of all fucking things, mm-hmm. that seemed like it would just be incomprehensible to me. 
I mean, it's hard for us to tell yet because yeah, you know, I know, I know, only only a few days. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have no it, idea. if it ends up that that that's not what they fixed, I will be amazed. Yeah. They did fix the graphics, which were bad previously. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't know. I like the new PS4 controller a lot. I've only used it for a little mm. bit, but I like it a lot. Also, it's um, good. I've been hearing people say it's good. It's still not as good as the 360 controller to me. That's but, true. But it's much better. Things that are interesting about it that are not interesting to most people but are interesting to some of the people that I was talking to this weekend is that I think the PS4 controller effectively includes the guts of a move inside of it. Yeah. Which it means... It basically it does. does. It means... Well, I was talking to... Oh, it also includes a headphone jack, which is actually Yeah, that's fucking, fucking good. awesome. Yeah. But uh, I was talking to uh, Bennett Foddy at uh, NYU practice this weekend, and we weren't – he doesn't make JS Jousts, but he was talking about how they announced that Sports Friends is coming to PS4, and mm-hmm. that's actually going to probably be the definitive system to play the thing on because everyone who's holding a PS4 oh, controller nice. can just play Sweet. a JS Jousts awesome. and JS Jousts style games mm-hmm. out yeah, of the that's box. Interesting. Are they going to also sell regular move controllers? For I think the move controllers are also compatible. Because like, that's definitely a better form factor. Right, but the game. PS4 controller has no, that big white panel on the back of no, no, it, and I you know. can change the color of it, and you can do all the things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's cool. I just mean specifically yeah, yeah, yeah. for JS Jousts. But it just means that you can actually play oh, the game without no, having to invest yeah. hundreds of dollars in That's the thing. Most people yeah. are not going to. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, that's good for those guys for sure. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, you remember how Sony released a hilarious wand with a glowing ball on the end of it? <laughs> <laughs> that was a choice that they made. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was just real. That was what people, they were like, people are going to want this oh, you wand. Do you mean the Johann Sebastian Joust controller? I think that's what it's called. Yeah. For, I believe that's what it's called. I think that's is. the official name. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the JS Joust wand. Yeah. The magical, Johan's magical wand, I think was I what think it was it's called. called. Johan's yeah. baton. <laughs> I think it's called Johan's baton. <laughs> Johan's baton sounds like a Slavic philosopher or something. <laughs> Johan's baton? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's intense. Or like Scandinavian, probably. Yeah. Also sounds like maybe a guy who would have been in attendance at NYU practice. That's you're, you're, yeah, yeah, You went in, to NYU practice. Doing a talk. How was it? NYU practice was a sweet event. It's um, There's a small games program inside of NYU, and every year they put on a single-track conference that's just like one lecture hall. And a, yeah, it's, it's just a single row of speakers who go through and talk uh, to an audience that's a mix of what it seems like it's mostly East Coast game developers because it, it's a sm- small enough event that it doesn't have a huge draw and a bunch of NYU undergrad and graduate students. Yeah. And, and the, it's, it's you part talked about it two years ago, right? About Bioshock Two, Steve. Yeah, at the first one, yeah, which was in 2011, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's put on by the NYU Game Center, and that thing is run by like Frank Lance and Eric Zimmerman mm-hmm. and other uh, dudes who like are involved with a bunch of GDC stuff. And like Frank Lance uh, ran Area Code and was the designer of Drop Seven. Is that right, or did he just? I don't. I don't remember exactly don't remember. what the involvement there is, but. Yeah, just like smart slash academic game design dudes, uh, kind of lead that program, yeah. and then yeah, they just it was cool. They it's, do this series of talks every year. The focus, I mean, they bring the people that Sean and I were booked along with was a frightening list of just like awesome folks. But the way that it works, that was nice. And different from conferences that I've been to before is that it was hugely focused on the conversation after the talk. Mm. Like, they told us, you have 15 minutes to talk. Um, 
And then the other person who we were talking with was Emily Short, and she also had 15 minutes to talk, and we were booked for a 90-minute session. So there was just an hour of Q&A and of discourse with the audience after that, but all of them were like that. Like uh, Brad Muir of Double Fine was there along with Soren Johnson and a guy whose name I can't remember, but he made the game 100 Rogues. Okay. Um, and the three of them each did like 10 minutes on strategy games, and then again, there was like 40 minutes to an hour of Q&A after that. So it was like someone would talk for an hour uh, like Warren Spector talked about immersive sims to open it, and then those guys did the three strategy game. But Warren Spector's was like a lecture, like a straight classic one. And then it was the little tiny panels plus a huge amount of discussion. And then I'm going to get his name wrong, but it's Rob – what's his name? Davio? Rob Davio, who was the designer on Risk Legacy, did an entire postmortem of that, which had a very short Q&A, but was a fantastic talk. And then Sean and I talked for like 20 minutes, and then there was like 90 minutes of talk that was terrifying. Um, but it was cool. I don't know. I don't know what to say about it other than just it reminds me of my experiences at GDC a long time ago when the reason that I went there was just to spend the entire duration talking to people about game design. And it was a really, really refreshing thing to do. It just made me want to go home and make video games really a lot the most. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. We talked about The Walking Dead. Like, yeah, I was going like to say, everyone what, asked was us your, to do. what was your talk about, like, specifically? Uh, what we talked about was the way that dialogue trees and choice worked in The Walking Dead kind of relative to how they worked traditionally in adventure games, but then also we kind of talked about how like we talked about Monkey Island 1 and how dialogue trees worked in that game and how they're sort of the parts that everyone remembers inside of Monkey Island 1, like the actual memorable content in those games are the parts where it kind of feels like you get to do fun stuff in the dialogue versus the the dialogue trees that are the traditional use in an adventure game, which is the stuff you have to do, where it's basically a maze that you must navigate inside of dialogue to advance the story. Like, ask the person about the three things that he needs and then trick him into telling you one of them and then find the other two through other dialogue trees. Or possibly to make a Rip Burger fall off of a gun. Hilarious. Final thing is a computer dialogue tree. A computer dialogue tree. Yeah. But we were talking about how the stuff that people actually remember in Monkey Island is the stuff where you can you effectively end up telling a player story to someone about an adventure game where you're like, oh, and then I insulted this guy and he said this crazy thing back to me, but then I said this other thing to him and it was hilarious. And then I got looped back into the part where I had to ask him about the puzzle and we were talking about dialogue in The Walking Dead because of the way that it's structured is intended to let you use dialogue trees for expressing things instead of solving things and because of that players end up accidentally developing some ownership over their playthrough through dialogue trees and accidentally or not accidentally have player stories that you get in more systemic games than in the walking dead um and in in walking dead there were very few if no there's a few. points in which a dial in which you had to make the right choice in a dialogue tree to progress. Yeah, that's I guess that's the case. There's there's places where there's puzzles in that game, but I think they're generally the weakest parts of that game. Um, but whatever, it was it was a talk about that stuff. It was just like a 15 minute talk about <clears throat> what seems like limited narrative choice inside of a game as a moment for player expression. Right. Uh, yeah, but then we talked up against Emily Short, who was talking about this the crazy project that she's working on which is like i think at linden labs the guys who made second life, second life. Second life. they have a, they have a team inside of there that is making like generative ai based interactive fiction where you but it sounds cool and weird All right. like it, it sounded it sounded really interesting like where yeah. it was it sounded i don't know enough about the tech it sounded similar to the stuff that people were doing like with facade years ago but instead of a parser based interface it still is closer to just 
you interact through dialogue trees, some of which are generated and some of which are completely hand-authored. Mm. But the characters have story rules that it can exist. Mm. Uh, mm. But it is all property-based, where like characters will just decide that one of them doesn't like the other one and will just push a guy into the lake midway through the story, and then the story has to somehow heal itself so that it can hit its conclusion, even though a guy is now dripping wet and furious. It was interesting, actually. It was crazy. It was not what I was expecting to hear about because I don't know anything about anything. But uh, <laughs> it was cool. I don't know. It was a weird... It was a good thing to be at. It was good that that was happening at the same time as a crazy drill down of a board game with permanence at the same time as talking about uh, strategy games and stuff. Oh, actually, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to just keep telling you guys what everyone's talk was about, but Soren Johnson's talk was also really, really good. Yeah. Um, it was about transparency in strategy game design. It was also another, like, 10-minute talk, but what he was talking about was... Or he, he was talking about... Um, Son of a bitch. What is the game that you've been playing? A card Hunter. He was talking about Card Hunter. No, it's called Spelunky. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was talking about the sort of rise of card game-like mechanics inside of strategy games, and or board game-like mechanics, and sort of what is it that defines these things that you encounter in strategy games that feel board game-like, and he just said the answer to that is it's when the mechanics are transparent to your brain, when there's nothing obfuscated, because board games by design have to be a thing that you can do all of the processing and yeah. all there's nothing hidden mm. inside of a box that is secretly running systems that then produce an outcome that is just done through a weird scattered algorithm. And so yeah, it was it was interesting to see the what's the breakdown of board game versus PC game strategy game design and he said if you have 100% transparency you're probably making a board game style strategy game and if you don't you probably aren't. Hmm. Um and he talked about some other stuff too but that like that little takeaway was really actually cool, yeah. and it codified a lot of stuff in my brain from when I see those things starting to emerge in the PC strategy space. I thought yeah. it was cool. The interesting, the only, I mean, maybe you address this, or also it's a short talk, so whatever. But uh, the disconnect, the only, the, the the place where it seems like I could walk a line is there are definitely board games in which there is obfuscated operations from the player that, like, the DM is, you know, that, like, one player is aware of and another player right. is intentionally think, not aware of. And so like yeah. the computer could take that role. I think and, at that point, you know, role-playing game, like pen and paper role-playing games <clears throat> almost exist in kind of their own. That's true. Space. Right. Well, but, but not even pen and paper role-playing games. Just like if you, I don't know, like, Hmm, in a, Hmm, 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 a game like, let's say Netrunner, uh, <laughs> it's like one of the players, they have all these rules and they're aware of and they're hiding it from the other player. That but said, that's everyone, like, you can reverse engineer what happens when someone makes a play in that game. You have the ability to exactly play that side and know, like, it's still, there right. still isn't a secret, like, if you, if you look at, like, just, you know, combat roles in Civ, they are weighted in a way that you just can't predict. Right. Whereas in a, Where that is in com- a board that's game, intentionally that's intentionally hidden not, from everyone. Yeah, like, that's not yeah. going to happen in, right. in a game that has to exist out on paper. Like, right. he, he gave an example of a game that I can't remember that has a, this crazy weird tower that players have to put resource cubes into, and then there is a weird physical mechanism that scrambles them before it puts oh, them I've back out. Played that weirdly, but he's like, but he said the reason that this is still completely transparent to the player is that you've put every single thing in there. You know all the physical objects that are inside, and you know that nothing can change. You know that at some point those things are going to come dumping out, so you can still mm. you're still oh, played a different game. you're still like cogent of the of the probability that exists inside of this right. cube. It was it was a weird it was a it was a cool talk but yeah. yeah he didn't really get into dming the the what you said about the breadth like the variety of topics covered yeah. at, at practice was definitely something i thought was really cool the year i was there the most memorable or interesting i guess um 
talk overall, I thought was the um, the 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 guy who is in charge of the rules in the NFL. Oh, like gave a talk about the history of. American football, yeah, yeah, and and like showed clips of of games being played in like the 30s, and just talked about how the what we think of as you know a sport that was played one way, like how it changed over time in reaction to like how players were playing and and all that that kind of stuff. And his he was probably you know he's probably like in his 60s, and he was like obviously not a video game dude. He like you know seemed like a guy you would see on the sidelines of a football game with like a headset mic or or whatever. And just like super knowledgeable about this interesting stuff about the rules of this sport over time. Uh, And having that mixed in with people talking about first person shooters and fucking Facebook games and interactive fiction, you know, it was really cool. Yeah. They had two people, they had two young women who came in who were members of two different crews in the New York area, like, hip-hop dance battle scene like basically just breakdancing and all things like that although you're not supposed to call it breakdancing but whatever um what are you supposed to call it breaking because breakdancing oh, really? was the applied term by just random media in the 80s to people who would <clears> dance <throat> in competition during the breaks in a dj set but whatever uh, um it it was just they talked they talked about how that it's growth as an organic thing but it still is judged but the way like there's a it, inside of that scene because it is a thing that grew up entirely organically. There is a huge amount of contention about how much you should care about how it's scored because the way that it usually works, I think, is that three people who have just been doing it for a long time will stand at the back and then just point at whoever's best with no criteria at all. But what they talked about that is fucking nuts about this scene is that it died in America because the you know all the reasons that it died, it, it blew up as a fad. Gangster rap made anything related to hip hop music just <coughs> deemed culturally negative. But apparently, in of, of course, in Germany and Eastern Europe, <laughs> yeah, there yeah. are stadiums that fill up with breakdancing competitions. Still, where there's teams that are sponsored, where there's just multi-million dollar events and huge leagues and stuff. And even that stuff is still not scored in any real regular way, other than just celebrity judges pointing at a guy. And they talked about how that is sort of finally starting to get built up and categorized and the crazy culture battles that exist inside of trying to quantify a weird organic thing that straddles this line between being a sport and an art and a thing that people just want you to fuck off and leave them alone. Um, but then it ended with them just doing a four-up dance competition, which was fucking awesome. <laughs> that is badass. Yeah, it was crazy. That's but, a good thing to see on a lecture stage at NYU. <laughs> yeah, that, that happened, and that was the very opening... Uh, thing, and it it helped frame a lot of stuff in a way that was good. But yeah, it yeah. was it was good to just hear the, the this culture that exists and has you know has a pretty strong structure and a lot of rules. But those rules include things like if you don't like the way that the judge has judged you, you just call them out and take them on at the end of the night. And like that's fucking <laughs> awesome. Like that's ridiculous, and that obviously is not allowed. Once in a, in a multi-million dollar stadium yeah. competition you setting. You can't just but. say, fuck you, and then just, as the music continues to play, then also have a <laughs> dance battle against the guy who fucking wrecked yeah. you in the tournament, like, just ad hoc in the corner. Like, that's awesome. I don't know. They had tons of photo and videos. Oh, also, they're in this scene and also um, interested in games academically and other things like that, and they they showed some events that they had run that kind of were deliberately subversive, but with the intent of getting people to stop like 
a problem right now is that people have prepared sets that they'll do instead of improvised. So mm. they did an event where they basically made a wheel of fortune wheel that you had to spin that then required you to include a theme or a prop or a specific move that you had to do. And some people were really pissed that it was making fun of of what they considered really serious work. But then Wait, there were, in what way? You're not taking breaking and dance battles seriously if you spin a wheel that then makes you have to hold a weird hat, basically. Oh, okay, I see. But also that forced people who usually were entirely just doing the exact same shit that they do right. all the time to have to go completely insane and actually yeah. use mm-hmm. their skills in an it. It seems like way. there'd be a way to do that that isn't like trivializing, but it's, it still includes that the randomized element. They right? talked I mean, about that too. They talked about how there are things where they'll like set up a like cones in an octagonal shape, and then you have to cross in and out of them at certain times. But then even that shape became formalized, right. so they yeah, deliberately yeah, 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 then. Yeah, yeah. In their event, made people put the cones in random places, but then the people who are really like super into the octagon as the thing that is like their thing <laughs> right. thought that was bullshit. So like I don't know, it was a weird talk, uh, but it was just like I imagine in the same way as the football, just like a window into a specific thing that shares so many things in common with yeah. the stuff that you do in game development, but yeah, is never com- considered in the same breath by most people. Yeah, yeah. fully, yeah, just separate as a as a culture and a community. Yeah, it's, it's cool. Yeah, being exposed to that kind of stuff, all those perspectives was really interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there it is. So how's Spelunky treating you, Chris? Not so good. <laughs> I've, I've, Are you done with Spelunky? No, I'm not no of course not. But oh. I'm going through the thing. That, oh, mm. Nick, you were going through this like a week or two all ago. Right. Yeah. Where I'm just in, I'm in a rut where I just... It's my last week has been bullshit. Yeah. It's all bullshit. We're mm. all dying in the fucking jungles every time. I gotta stick with it, man. It's gonna be fine. It's I know. Gonna I know. I gotta pull and pull out. It's gonna be good. Good. That was Spelunky Minute. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. Fuck you, Steve. <laughs> we're play- I started playing um, XCOM uh, Enemy Within. Oh, yeah. I was hoping to play more of it today, but we're having a problem uh, in the thumbs office with our computer, so it's- I wasn't able to. But, uh, I, you know, I've played several missions of it so far. And it's a real bummer. Um, The reason I was hoping to play more of it is because I just haven't gotten to see a lot of the new stuff yet. But um, aside from that, I mean, I've like... Is there an enemy within, though? um, Probably. That's probably like a spoiler to know that, uh, you know, before having finished it. But uh, it seems cool. (laughs) (laughs) You've got a good face on right now, Jeff. Chris hasn't gotten to the part where it's revealed that there is, in fact, an enemy within. I imagine that would be a reasonably mm. central conceit of this game. How could maybe you spoil a, well, that for him? Maybe it's a fake out. Maybe he saw know. XCOM Enemy Unknown and just wasn't sure. <laughs> I wonder if there's enemies in this game. I don't know. Yeah, was, <laughs> oh, they're within. Oh, okay. Oh, they were inside oh. of you the whole time. They've been in you all along. Mm. Oh, and Ancient Evil Awakened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, even... <laughs> So you, so you have to buy this DLC to finish the story. That's bullshit. In the main game, are there enemies? Unknown. <laughs> so you have to buy this shit to find out, to they, find were out they were within? Come on. Yeah. If there are enemies, where would they be? If there, are, if there are, and I still won't say if there are or not until you've completed the game, they're likely within. Potentially without. Well, I don't think, I don't think there's been any suggestion of that. <laughs> well. In any of the... Well, I was Jake actually what I was actually trying to ask... <laughs> Is I imagine that title is referring to some sort of new 
mechanical Which introduction, something new in- included into this game that I'm not aware of that you were going to tell me about, but instead, <laughs> instead we talked. It's because you else. said it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take that seriously. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to talk about the game that you're talking. What about. are the it's new fine. features, Chris? I actually want to know. They can attack your base. Is no, that okay, that's why they, they're within, right? Well, okay, it means all their bases. It means multiple things. <laughs> It's my understanding. It both means yes, you can have your base invaded by by enemy fucking jerks. Also, you you take uh, alien technology yeah. that is all crazy and horrible, and then you can alter your dude's yeah, genetics and make them guy. cyborgs yeah, and stuff. So you're basically putting crazy shit. But then can you inside trust those guys? Dude. Like, That's, what if they have an enemy? What if them? the enemy is within them because of that <clears throat> yeah. shit that you? What put? if you're cy- cybernetically what if augmented more machine than man now? Super soldiers. Yeah. What if they looked into the abyss? What if they turned into a monster from an abyss? What if an ancient evil awakens? Oh, no. What if it knows how, why you cry? <laughs> I don't know if these guys should have fought monsters. <laughs> I don't think they should have. I mean, I feel like you do that. End of the day. There's I mean, only one just... way to do it, though. Wait, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have to create monsters. Uh, that- I don't know what that is. What that one is. Oh. Is it not? Huh? To do to fight a monster, you do you create a monster. <laughs> I thought that was what you do. Is that this, well, you do? I mean, that may be true, but let's just be careful about monsters generally, lest ye become a monster. Oh, I was referring oh. to the slogan of Pacific Rim. Oh, I don't, don't even. know. Oh, you made fun of it that. for a long time and then forgot about it. Oh, like, well, it is. <laughs> I think it was to fight monsters we created monsters. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, it is. That, that's yeah. the tagline at the beginning. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. It like shows up on screen. Yeah, this part is erased from this podcast. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. The um, best part, so why would you erase it? I don't know. I just, weird don't weird guy, it. Jake. <laughs> but yeah, I haven't... I've, I've like put a guy into the g- genetic modification like chamber, but oh, I haven't f- finished it yet. So, I mean, I can't... I so honestly, who knows? So, yeah. yeah, that enemy what, might this? be within or nowhere at all. Who's to say? He might desire the flesh. Yeah, God, I watched The Fly for the first time last week. That, <laughs> that was, was a that good was decision. Cool. Um, but it's been fun to play, even though I haven't gotten to much of the new stuff yet... It has been really fun to just go back to playing XCOM because I hadn't played it in, I mean, months and months and months. You know, I mean, since whenever we last talked about it on Thumbs, that would have been the last time I played it probably. And I did play a bunch of that. I played it through it twice, I think. And, man, that was such a good game. It's just it's a really good game. Yeah. Though was, I never actually finished it because oh, it got really? into the very last mission, uh-huh. which is inside the mothership. Yeah, yeah. And it's just super... You were the enemy within. Their, I, I their like, ship. I aced I was that within mission, their actually. I... I just I, so I died during it, yeah. and it's just super linear and not interesting. And then I didn't want to play it again, but then I did. But then I died again, and I was like, ugh, like it's really long. I gotten like two thirds of the way through it, and I was like, I'm just gonna have to do all that again, and I just didn't want to. So I never actually finished the main game because of the last mission, just seeming very different experientially than the rest of the, the missions, you know, which felt like much more dynamic and like. If you failed or didn't do that well, you just get on with your life. But like the last mission, you just had to keep trying to do it till you were done doing it. It was a boss fight mission. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Maybe this game is not a super good one for boss fights. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I had the same experience, actually. I don't think I ever beat it. Yeah. Yeah. Chris beat it twice. It's super good. And I also want to play Enemy Within. It's filled with cyberborgs genetic weirdos also you uh will fight like enemy agents like human 
factions versus human factions. Have you gotten to do any of that? I, I really haven't seen. I like. I'm aware of the new stuff because there's actually one of the things I like that was cool, even in the very first mission, even though I haven't gotten to take advantage of it very much, is there are just additional things to collect. Um, that is just a new resource mm. called meld that's just part of the game now. And those are, there's canisters of it or, you know, whatever, beacon, whatever the hell, goofy alien boxes that you collect. It's like an object. Yeah. And um, it's just a nice additional dimension to the mission goals where uh, it's just a thing you can uh, focus on collecting them safely, you know, before they expire, get blown up or whatever. Uh, and it's just um, that showing up immediately early in the game, I thought was really cool rather than having to wait for it to like be introduced and be a new thing. Um, because it just for this game that I already played like, you know, a few dozen hours of, uh, it was nice to, even in those early missions that I knew I was pretty much going to just, right, but they're like, you know, new stuff's pace. coming up. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. So it both, right. So it both suggested that there's new stuff coming, but also actually just provided a, an additional tactical, uh, dimension to right. the stuff I was already doing. And so there's some missions where I just have to forsake those entirely because I just, I just know. Uh, sometimes you got to get that too, meld. Yeah, it's just way too, you know, I'm, I have too much shit to do and my guys are dying already. But, God, I already had a mission where everyone died except for one guy, like three. I started playing on classic oh, yeah. mode. Well, that'll um, that'll fuck you up. Yeah. I, I never even played on that hard of a difficulty no, I, mode. I mm. beat it on classic Iron Man. Holy shit. It's because I'm a classic. Sorry, I could just, We've already could made just, all these fucking jokes six months you, ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been done. What classic were you going to say? Iron I can make Man. them again. Nick was going to say, oh, that's classic Iron Man. No. <laughs> oh. oh, that's the joke that we've definitely <laughs> yeah. made a million yeah. times. Yeah. Classic Iron Man. Yeah. <sighs> One guy. <laughs> Nick Brecken or classic Iron Man? Nick Brecken is classic Iron Man. Well, true. Classic. Classic Brecken. Yep. Classic. <laughs> the meld thing does seem interesting. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, you were saying it's like... After a certain number of turns, they like disappear. Or do they, yeah. do they like lose value each? I turn? think they just. I think you actually just can't collect them past this after they've been exposed a certain amount of time. Mm. I'm actually not 100 percent sure about that, but that's what seems to be happening. Yeah. I mean, there might be another system going on where like the aliens are actively, you know, sabotaging them or something. I'm not sure, yeah, but yeah. it seems like just if you don't get them in a certain amount of time, the aliens are dampening the meld. <laughs> <laughs> Good read. They're suppressing the meld. They've done something to the meld, <laughs> says a scientist early in the campaign. Yeah. Someone asks if you seek the meld at some point as well. <laughs> we have to teach the computer to go crazy for the meld. No. <laughs> <laughs> God, it was really funny to see in The Fly, like the very, like one of the very first scenes of that movie is just Jeff Goldblum being 100 fucking percent Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Like he's just immediately a fucking Goldblum scientist. Like it was, it was I a was, Goldblum scientist is an actual career that exists somewhere. Right? Yeah, so let's not. That's, like, that's Goldblum someone, scientist. That's someone that researches God. Goldblum. Yeah, they have to, they have to get federal probably, grants. Oh, yeah, it was surprising to me. There's probably a whole I, generation of scientists that are Goldblum scientists. Anyway, because <laughs> like that they were like, inspired to be scientists by watching Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, yeah, they they watched Jurassic Park. Yeah, like he's a scientist, but he's so cool. Yeah, yeah, look at that guy. <laughs> he's oh, so. <gasps> he already has that. That's what I'm saying, though. That speech pattern was already evident as his scientist character in The Fly. It was just very surprising to me. I mean, I'm sure everyone else has seen The Fly, it, so it's not I don't think surprising. it's his character. That's it's, what I mean. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It was just... He is the person that he is in that film. Yeah. I, I think I'll do this 
very interesting eccentric scientist <laughs> character that I've come yeah. up with. Yeah, I guess I just wasn't he's, expecting it to be that. He's bemused and contemplative at all times. <laughs> yeah, I just wasn't expecting it to be that and, directly uh, uh, parallel. Uh, parallel. <laughs> God, there was that GIF. That GIF was you. Life of uh, 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 Final Fantasy. Away with the captain. Yeah, yeah that's good. Really Let's talk about that GIF. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, that was a weird movie with Goldblum in full effect. He was also ripped in that movie. Yeah. He was yeah. really buff. It, it was, was hilarious. It was actually crazy. Yeah. There's a part where he does a bunch of like gymnast like stuff. Yeah, like he's like, oh, yeah. And I mean, there's a, a, lot of, a lot of that was, sure a lot was of that clearly was like a body yeah. double, yeah, yeah, yeah. like a stuntman. Yeah. But like, then there were just scenes where he's just like, anyway. And just and you're like, why are you so ripped? <laughs> yeah. Jeff Goldblum? Yeah. Why, uh, why, why wouldn't I? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing. That was, he was inside. Inside of his personality and fucking weird brain, he was just that like guy. I'm just, 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 just walking uh, around. Uh, He's uh, like, ah, oh, man. Exuberance. Been doing some exercise. The, uh, <laughs> uh, at the gym. The uh, screenings. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fly is actually totally worth watching. It's a yeah. weird no, ass I, movie I, in I, more I, regards than just the Goldblum quotient. Gold <laughs> yeah. But. He is welcome inside the mix that is that movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've been playing any video games, oh. Jake? That was the break, Steve. Oh, oh my jeez. That, that was my dodge. Jeez. Out of <laughs> I didn't know. How did I know that a break happened? Video Congratulations on Obama. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for Obama. <laughs> Thanks for Thanks Obama. Thanks for Obama. <laughs> I say it to Chris. That's the sequel to Obama 3. <laughs> the sequel to Obama 3? What are the first two? What is <laughs> What are Thanks, the three? Thanks for Obama. With oh, I see. Oh. see. It's like a diehard style. Oh, it's probably, Fast and the Furious It probably Obama. is Obama, thanks Obama, Obama 3, and thanks for Obama. Right. Is in yeah. fact the order of the Obama quadrilogy. Video games. Hey, we're back. Uh, we're uh, we're <laughs> <gone> back. <laughs> and we're gone. What? No, we're back. Hey, we're back. Hey. Oh, we're uh, back. And we're back. Uh, thanks, Pedris, for sponsoring this week. Yeah. No, we're back. Hey, Chris, are we back? Uh, I think we're back. Hmm. I think we're back. Mm. We're back. I just decided. Uh, Derek Gillies writes, Hey, Thumbs, I was just reading PC Gamer, and they had some highlights from the new Crusader Kings 2 2.0 patch, and there are some doozies that sounded like a hoot. Crusader Kings 2. <laughs> doozies two. that sounded like a hoot. Good Lord. <laughs> All right, here are, the bu- here are some bullet points from this change log. Characters of a religion where priests are not allowed to marry will now divorce their wives if ordained. Fixed some bugs with how dead spouses are handled. Fixed a bug where dead dead popes would have the incorrect character portrait. Changes to the bastard children of Anso the Fourth of Navarre. AI will no longer give away women as concubines to characters whose religion they will not intermarry with. Modding added evil underscore god underscore names to religions to be used in event text. Modding added trigger any underscore any underscore spouse underscore even underscore if underscore dead. <laughs> Derek, God, that really is the best. There's a lot more than this. I was looking at some of the, just like we talked about this a couple weeks ago, I think Nick and I, but the, just like the announcements and general changes uh, made for Crusader Kings to Son. I think it's Sons of Abraham. I think is the yeah is the name of the patch or the name of the expansion. 
uh, is amazing because it's like it's that forever. Yeah, I, God, I was looking at a, on a forum like a Crusader Kings two forum, and I was just scrolling down like a, a response to it, and someone's like, "Man, finally Jews are in this game," and like that just being a thing that someone could legitimately be psyched about. That's actually like a real mechanic. Thing. Like yeah, it's like a mechanic thing? game. Yeah. Like I don't know what kind of bullshit this was. No Jews in it before. Thank God they fixed that, devs. Like, of all the things that, you know, like, you just get so used to people. That's at, just like, nestled in there along with the definitions of dead spouse, remarried, and yeah. concubine. Like, yeah. Well, it also, like, fix your V-Sync. You know, like, just, right. I mean, like, just all the normal things that every game gets. <laughs> yeah. Where's the Jews, Paradox? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, the guy, new the guy Intel integrated graphics. Yeah. Jews. Yeah. The guy who's just like, really excited about both of those. Oh, they fixed the V-Sync thing. Oh, and Jews. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> a back in. Yeah. This kind of like I forget someone on my Twitter feed was saying like games that are actually about things have funny patch notes and they linked to that and it was just like a bunch of shit like that. And it it is true. Like they there's I don't know, it's uh you know, you make games about shit that's just like made up and you know, you get you like I don't know how to put this exactly, but you know, you want to be careful that you don't uh, put stuff in that is, like, unnecessary or that is, like, drawing uncomfortable parallels to things without actually meaning anything. But then, like, these guys are just making a game that is trying to just actually model history. So they end up putting in things that are weird, like, in a lot of cases, actually weird, uncomfortable things from actual history that are, like, unavoidably weird and uncomfortable because that's just what they're trying to model in as like objective away as possible. I mean, obviously you can't, it can never be fully objective, but um, just in the sense that they're trying to build an actual simulational model of this stuff, the ways in which they are trying to be complete to achieve that are just hilarious and like completely at odds with how most games are developed. And sometimes it's just good. I like it. I also want to play that expansion. We got to start playing again. Sean said he wants to start playing it. Sean, I guess he did. It's because Sean, Sean did he it. started watching the Crusader Kings 2 streams, mm. and that made him then decide that maybe what he should do is play Crusader Kings 2. Mm. It's weird that in video games, <clears throat> you can have Crusader Kings 2.0. Crusader Kings 2 2.0 can exist. Mm -hmm. In any other type of software development, when you hit 2.0, that is 2. No, it's true. Mm. Yeah. 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 Photoshop 2. Uh-huh. Version 1.5. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Yeah. That was, yeah. I don't know. No, I don't, it's true. Sorry, yeah. that's a dorky thing to point out. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. It's just weird. I mean, it also is, to be fair, like, it's an, essentially an arbitrary, right? Like, they could, yeah, just, yeah. they could just design their numbering system such that yeah, no, it ended up being true. But I know what you're saying. Yeah, for sure. Like, if this is considered to be a major enough update that if it were utility software, they would probably just sell it this year. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Crusader Kings 2, too. That was the thing I always thought was so funny about Falcon 4.0. <laughs> It was always, I thought, like a really funny name for a piece of, like a, a video game. Right. Because video games aren't usually sold by virgin number. At least not not overtly, like not on their face. Was know? that actually Falcon, was it the fourth Falcon game? I don't even know. Yeah, was me it? either. Do you, know? Do you know the answer to that? I Let's think not it answer it, unless it knows. was, yeah. But it stayed 4.0 forever. Yeah. <laughs> Known for a huge manual. The largest manual. Right. Well, yeah. Classic yeah. Falcon 4.0. Yeah. Classic that Falcon. version especially had a notably yeah. large manual. Classic, there are probably like, a lot of people still playing PC that game. Games. All flight simulators are now encased in time where everyone just plays those modded. 
Like, yeah, it says like, the game is the ultimate development in the Falcon series of computer games. There you go. Started in the 80s. Yeah, Falcon, Falcon AT, Falcon 3.0. Yeah. Falcon AT for the PCAT. Mm-hmm. 1988, Falcon AT. Falcon 3.0, 1991. Hmm. Wow, yeah, so that's actually amazing. Falcon 4.0 really, like, just eclipsed all those yeah. other ones in Mindshare. Well, and, like, Falcon Falcon 4.0 is the Mac OS X of Falcons. That's also. right, yeah. Um, when did that, When did 4.0 come out, the mid to late 90s? Actually, Flight Simulator 10 is the Mac yeah. OS X of Flight Simulators. <laughs> That game never got another version, and now just exists as the only flight simulator. But I mean, Mac OS X has been sitting as a, as the version number OS X yeah, yeah. for a decade, as it gets huge bumps, but they just don't want to change the ten, right? Yeah, because Mac OS eleven, sweet X, yeah. yeah. Then people can say OS X and irk me. Yeah, that is hilarious. I, I I only even knew that that was a thing because apparently John Carmack in a talk at Quake, at QuakeCon he always OS X said, OS, said X. OS X and like <laughs> Mac nerds like yeah, it's OS ten I'm like it is I guess looking the, forward to the new it's uh, the letters OS X I don't know why you're upset that I didn't know to pronounce the Roman numeral as ten it's because the subsequent versions were Mac OS seven eight and nine and then it's a ten. It sounds like it's their own fault. Also, the version number says 10. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> How would anyone know that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> By using a Macintosh computer. Oh, well, there's the difference. Fuck you guys. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I knew it was 10. Because <laughs> you can simulate 9 and 10. Anyway. Uh, oh, yeah, anyway, when you run Mac OS Classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. Go back to that 9. Like Classic. Classic Mac OS. Classic Mac. Classic Mac OS. A little nine in your in your X. Ready for another email? <laughs> I mean, I clearly. Am. <laughs> yeah. Unless we just want to fucking tease this thing out, I don't know if we. <laughs> I think there's at least ten more minutes in OS version number. Oh, X more minutes. I think you mean, my friend. Oh ho ho. Is that how that email starts? <laughs> No. <laughs> ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas. He didn't say the magic word. <laughs> hey, Thumbs. Long-time caller, first-time reader, Zoe here. Uh, I love Flash games, and I actually play nearly everything that goes up on Congregate.com. Since the barrier to entry is so incredibly low and there's no quality control, you get mostly terrible games. But surprisingly often, uh, inventive mechanics you don't see pop up in real games for year to come. years to come. Real games is in quotes to indicate it's... Being used slightly facetiously, I think. I really like being able to say, oh, the mechanic in that $25 million game that won all the awards has actually been around for four years, created by some 15-year-old in his bedroom by himself and in like five other Flash games since then that nobody cared about or played. Um, I'd never actually say that, of course. But uh, what actually happens usually is, in this email. is the kid makes a Flash game, the mobile developer takes the game, slaps a business model and branding on it and calls it their own. I see that happen all the time. A lot of the people on those Flash portal sites actually making games are teenagers and are just excited about everything to do with games. There are jerks, of course, but they're usually the ones who aren't actually making anything. I find they're very appreciative when you take the time to compliment them on their effort or give a bit of constructive criticism. I think it's important they get the proper type of feedback so they don't feel ignored and just give up. I think those interactions with the communities are really fulfilling. Do you guys ever play Flash, Flash games or visit any Flash portal sites anymore? What are some of your favorite Flash games? The best I've ever played is probably Time Fuck. I guess that's how you pronounce that, right? Time FC UK? Yeah. I don't really know how to pronounce it. Um, but here's my, top, here's my top three favorite Flash games that haven't and won't become standalone titles. Aether made me cry. Ching Chong Beautiful, most fun I've ever had playing a platformer, but the controls are finicky. Droidland, nearly as beautiful as Machinarium. 
Um, also, Even if you more beautiful. please do another Kickstarter for anything, please make one of the reward tiers. Sean Vanimal will have a dream about you. Uh, love you all. Okay, bye. That's um, the same person who wrote in about the about the competitive communities, communities last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I haven't played Flash games in a long time. I do. I I end up playing one a lot, like every six months. I played mm-hmm. a lot of one a few weeks ago because it went around. I think it went around Double Fine a bit, and I. I wish I would have read this ahead of time so I would have known to look it up. But I did play a lot of that Time Fukuk game. That's Edmund McMillan, I believe. Time Fukuk. Also, I think I think Aether is uh, Edmund McMillan. Oh wow! It's one of the it's one of the ones I think. Oh, I think you're right. Actually, that he talked about in Indie in the movie. Yeah. Um, I I haven't really been exposed to Flash games like hardly at all recently. I don't feel like like even now it's become more common for somebody to do like an embedded unity player if they're going to do like a game you can play in your browser like that time synced first person yeah well, super hot like super hot yeah mm-hmm. there's a lot of games that a that lot of flash games hot. a lot of flash games are made with uh, adam saltzman's flixel framework mm-hmm. like that i still feel like is a fairly um i feel like i've actually played more good games in there than i have in the unity web browser honestly uh, or web web browser plugin um, I don't feel like the track record, like there's a lot of great games made in Unity and I love Unity as a development platform, but the stuff I've specifically played using the web plugin online, like hasn't, very little of it has really stuck with me. No, I just mean that like compared to five or 10 years ago, it was like the only way you would ever encounter yeah. a game in your browser is flash loads up. Oh, but sure. now more things are not flash, even if you find them like mm-hmm. embedded into a web page. I think the yeah. only flash stuff that I know that I've played recently is that the major Bueno stuff by mm, Maya. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, Mayas now, uh, winter is his last name. Oh, right. But yeah. My, Mayas winters. Yeah. Yeah. Those games are all fun, but they're, what there's no they? but there's no but as if they're bad. They're just a different thing than I think what Zoe is talking about. Uh, he and a buddy. I, yeah, because I saw links about this like today that they put some kind of crazy video up or oh, yeah, something. He, but I don't know anything about it. He is a guy who was an internet telltale, then was an internet double fine, and he's a like interactive art student in Germany. But he, oh, okay. he and a friend of his. He's a guy that made a point and click adventure game to apply to double yeah, fine. Yeah, the with. games the games that he makes that are flash games are not like that. They're more like they're uh, posted on Newgrounds, but they spend between one and two days every month to put out a game a month that is just a unique concept uh, and for their final one at, in December because they've done one since January they've done it'll be their 12th one they're trying to get a bunch of people to contribute art to it and mm. they're also going to like live stream the development or some kind of weird participatory thing like that but the yeah that's why it was on Twitter today or yesterday yeah. whenever that was um, I don't know some Man. of those games by that guy are really good this is driving me crazy I'm sorry I'm just gonna this isn't gonna be helpful but maybe someone will hear this and then write in uh, I played a lot of a Flash game like a month or two ago where you have a rewind mechanic that is stylized to look like VHS rewinding. Like it's a, it's a mm. 2D side-scrolling platformer um, that is – I don't know if it's Flixel-based or not, but it looks like it is. It's got that chunky pixel look. And uh, uh, it has a like VHS-looking rewind mechanic. And if anyone knows what I'm talking about, is I played it, it for a long time. Is it a platformer time. game? Yeah, it's a platformer. And What, uh, what else happens in it? What do you, like? What are the mechanics? Aside from? Um, okay, it's interesting. So you, uh, oh wait, no, it's not rewind. It's a pause mechanic. I'm sorry. So you like run around and you pause the game at any time. And when you pause it, your character continues with the momentum that you already oh. had when you pressed pause, and the timer stops going down. So like the levels, you have a small amount of time. You have less time than you would need to beat the level. Usually, you have less time than you'd need 
to beat the level without using the pause mechanic. So you have to use the pause mechanic and then already have momentum so you're going in the right direction. But then when you unpause, you'll still carry out that momentum. So if you're going into like a bunch of spikes or something, it's just you have you get really deft with it. You know, the way that cool, weird, like it's a common genre now, just platformer with a twist. And like the best ones of those, a lot of them are just like all the other ones, but the ones that are good you can gain a deftness and a fluidity with their weird thing that allows you to just like have this sub mastery of this weird specific skill to this game. Yeah. And this game felt like that. And I got, I, I got really good at it and it was really fun. Um, and I just can't remember what it's called. And I've been searching around for the last few minutes trying to find uh, it. And a lot can't. of stuff that I used to see only as flash. Also, I think people just, there, there's enough of a scene that people just make them these as bespoke runtime things. Yeah, like just, game, like, there's just not a lot of browser stuff. Like, game makers. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what you were talking about with the rewinding and stuff had nothing to do with it mechanically, but it reminded me of a game that was on demo at NYU practice. Um, Foiled was there, which was awesome because people, it was cool to actually see like rotating uh, arcade style play on that game. But there was a game, which I think is a Bennett Foddy game that doesn't really exist publicly yet, but you can tell that it was him. Uh, uh, It looks like Pong. Exactly. Like literally exactly like Pong black and white, just two slightly glowy squares on the two sides of the screen. The, your score is in a, and the, the bouncy ball that's a square. Uh, and you move up and down on the left stick to move your paddle up and down. But then you also, if you use the right stick, it's revealed that the, um, that the paddle is actually like just like a weird sort of floppy like tofu block, basically, that's pivoting around one side of it. So you end up just, it's like... You're playing pong, but you sort of your paddle can slap the ball around like a sort of like numb leg, <laughs> which then of course well, just goes fucking bananas because you get weird momentum and angles that you would never get in yeah, pong because yeah. you can apply so force. Uh, I don't know what it's on. I'm sure. It's on Sorry, something. just like you can get that cool ball physics real time. Oh, only, that's so, true. Mean, it is uh, a, a gratuitous ball physics simulator. Mm. So it's probably a PS4 exclusive. Yeah, I would imagine so. Let's get some more balls in there. I don't know. I actually don't know I want to see more balls the on the game other than screen. those things cuz like it was it was up the, it was <laughs> Steve, I didn't hear what you were saying cuz I was talking. <laughs> Sorry. I talked over you. I ruined the podcast. He was saying that they added a lot of sweat to it uh, for the PS4 edition. <laughs> <laughs> it looks just like a sweaty tofu, it just those big glistening. It looks like, like pond, but just, the thing is, as a literal just, sweating just, tofu just, block. Just so, yeah, no, nothing was said. Like the game just was, ex- it existed completely contextless inside of this event. There was just a TV that had pong running on it, and then when you played it, the paddles just flopped around. <laughs> weird. And it was pretty fantastic, but it's. I approve of that a lot and it, want to play it. Now. Yeah, it's you know it's got weird physics and stuff like a lot of those games do, but it is that's the sort of single concept experimental thing that I think was really what the Flash scene was all about like yeah. five years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. and I think a lot of them still like, are to, to the degree that it exists. Yeah. I, by yeah. the way, I'm sorry, I just found what that game was. Nice. It's called Pause Ahead, and it's actually on Cartoon Network's Flash game port. Like oh. Cartoon Network, weirdly, like yep. for they, the last they, several they, they, years, they like, fund, like Adult Swim actually. Yeah, Adult Swim doing. Yeah. Yeah, like commissioning games and hosting them on their website. And some of them are really good. Some of them are, you know, whatever. But um, this game is called Pause Ahead. And if you like, you know, kind of goofy, not goofy, but if you like um, side-scrolling games with interesting mechanics in them, which some people don't, but uh, if you do like that kind of thing, Pause Ahead is a good example of it. Um, And it's on Adult Swim for some reason. 
Cool. And I liked it. Sweet. It is pretty sweet, Jake. I know. Sweet um, Jake. <laughs> um, K. Gad writes, um, you mentioned doing head-to-head Splunky races in episode 132. As it happens, people are already doing them. I recently started doing head-to-head races with Joel McCoy as an experiment and built a simple utility to make it easy and set it up using OBS, which is, I think, like open broadcast, broadcast system. system it's a, yeah. It's, yeah, it's game streaming software. Yeah. I put it on the internet so people can use it. GitHub.com slash KG slash stream mosaic. You can see a sample race at, well, it's a link um, to a Twitch channel, I think. Um, something similar I only found, oops, I only found out about uh, a few days ago, Spelunky League Racing, where they set up brackets and have people face off doing races. I'm not sure if I do them live or not, but it's a similar idea with more interesting competitive aspect. Twitch.tv slash Spelunky League Racing. Nice. I think there's more room for interesting stuff here. I'd love to see four people or more racing through the same daily challenge at once. Could get pretty chaotic and fun to watch. Bird noise, etc. KG. Yeah, that's awesome. That's basically exactly what I wanted, and it's exactly what the um, the uh, the boiler the boiler yeah the Binding of Isaac League racing is. It sounds like they even just used the same name because um, they just took that concept. That's did they cool. not just call it spoiler though? That's really weird. <laughs> uh, doesn't seem like they did. That mm. was definitely a mistake. Yeah, <laughs> that wouldn't technically be the acronym. Oh wait, but no, now get hung up on that. They were supposed to call it spoiler. I think actually. <laughs> I think that's what we said last week, but I can't oh, remember. Spoiler. Spoiler. That sounds like a Jewish Where's phrase. Where's that they didn't call it Spoiler? What idiots that they didn't call it Spoiler? Yeah, if, if the Binding like of Isaac sh- one is called Boiler, why isn't this called Spoiler? Yeah, I mean, really, guys. He's such a Spoiler. Well, no one knows what that is, Nick. I don't. I don't. I think it was like <laughs> an accent that would have been on an AI and dishonored. I'm <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure that a guy yeah. yelled that at me it's when probably he thought true. he saw me. Yeah, there was a rat eating his foot or something. And no, it, no, <laughs> there wasn't. Okay, he just got suspicious. Yeah, all right, Steve think, does voice direction now more often. You can tell because he knows that that character <laughs> no, was obviously no, not no, being no. by a rat. Yeah, not the rat one. <laughs> In that game, if a guy starts getting bit by a rat, it's fucking over. Oh, for he him. says there are yeah. rats here. When that happens, <laughs> oh, scary. Yeah, that's what. That's what. That's a rat guy. Oh, rats! <laughs> that's what he says. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> We're going down that road. It's entirely clear. Does, is that what is it, like, Steve? That's Edwin, right? Edwin talks about rats. He says, oh, rats, when rats bite him and then <laughs> oh, strip the no. flesh off of his bones. That's true. He does. And then he says, there are rats here. And then he says, so I got rats here. Rats. That's Nobody, Nobody cares. cares. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> we got Nick Brecken here fucking falling all over the table. <laughs> donk, donk, donk. Uh, Russ Manthorpe writes, Hey Thumbs, anyone got a chance to play Risk of Rain? Can't recommend it enough. Another amazing Game Maker feat. You'd be surprised how many great games are making made in Game Maker. A lot of them can, vi- can be viewed on the Yo-Yo Games Game Maker Showcase at yoyogames.com slash showcase. Peace out. Love the cast. Russ Manthorpe. I mainly re- I haven't played this game, but I read this mail just to read that URL because that seems like an interesting place to go. Cool. Yeah. Have any of you played Risk of Rain? I did. Did you like it? Um... I wasn't really excited about it personally, but it's much more of an aesthetic thing, I think. Well, not like visual aesthetics. It's like it's a challenging side-scrolling shooter pixel roguelike. So it's like you jump around platforms and there are enemies that spawn and you have to shoot them and then you like get power-ups and level up and stuff. And it's like that's all fine and everything. It just I don't get excited about it. Sure. I, I played the first time and like I killed some dudes. And I was like, that's cool. And then it seemed... 
much more straightforward just to avoid the dudes uh, instead of shooting them because they weren't that hard to get around. But then it just starts spawning more and more of them in, which I didn't realize. And so I was like, oh, now there's like 30 guys chasing me around. I'm just fucked. And I was like, eh, it's, okay, it's fine. I don't know. So, yeah. uh, But I'm sh- I, I guarantee that a lot of people who attach more easily to like those kinds of mechanics would be super into it. And it is cool looking like yeah. it, it has, um, has almost like a, like sort of smash brothers ish kind of like the, it's a side scroller, but the camera zooms in and out depending on like where you are and how fast you're moving. So you get this sense of scale of like getting closer and further from your dude. And a lot of times your guy is practically just like a little dot on the screen. Um, and you see like a lot of the level at once, like when you're running around. So that, that, that was interesting about it. Um, I would definitely have to give it more time, though, if I was going to judge it fairly, I guess. Yoyogames.com slash showcase slash wizard. Add that. Minus wizard. Ross. Mm. So slash wizard dash wizard. Mm-hmm. Seems like a good URL. <laughs> it's about the slash wizard dash wizard. <laughs> Which would definitely be the name of a, of a Flash game. Dash Wizard. It's about a wizard who runs quickly while writing fanfic. <laughs> what? The Slash Wizard? Oh, the, the Wiz- Slash Wizard actually wizard? just pops up and says, it looks like you're trying well, to write erotic fanfiction. Moved. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the net Slash Wizard. <laughs> looks like you're trying uh, to write an erotic story about Sean Vanneman and the President. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so too. I hope so too. If you hope so, write <laughs> us at questions at idlethumbs.net. Why not rate us on iTunes? Only if you hope so. Also visit idlethumbs.net slash slash wizard for the slash wizard that will help you with your slash. I think it's just idlethumbs.net slash wizard. Right? <laughs> Wrong? Am I wrong? You're not the one that visits it daily. Fair enough. <laughs> Leave it to the experts, Chris. I need a lot of help with, <laughs> with with my slash, and the wizard's there for me. Keep going, Steve. I'm already there. <laughs> I've arrived. He's <laughs> dash. He's a dash wizard. He, he got there. No, he's a slash wizard. Oh, I think he's dash rindar slash wizard. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I, I'm sorry that you were both thinking that. I thought that 30 seconds ago, but I didn't know how to say it. it the way to say it is... Wizard never say it. The way to that say it is on the scene in American Psycho when uh, Paul's business card is pulled out in slow motion, right. but instead it says, Dash Rindar slash Wizard. On. <laughs> and then he starts fucking sweating profusely while examining oh, that business card. That's a PS4 game. Okay. W- <laughs> Fucking fact bomb. That's true. That yeah. scene can now be rendered in real time. Patrick, you're sweating. So realistically. <laughs> reflection of business card in the sweat. www.wizard-rendar. Dot, Bye. Dot Goodbye. Render. Goodbye.